All right. So I have some hula hoops here. And these hula hoops, we're just going to have some fun for a minute. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you right from Psalm 16. I'm literally going to just teach you right from the scriptures. That's a novel idea. Look at Gary's getting his phone out. He's like, I'm going to follow along. Psalm 16 says, verse 1, Preserve me, O God, for I put my trust in you. That idea of preserve means guard, maintain. For I put my trust in you. O my soul, you have said to the Lord. Notice how the psalmist is speaking to himself. What is he doing? He's reconciling. He's telling himself how to think. Come on, some of us need to learn how to think. Some of us need to say, mind, what is wrong with you? Come on. I do that. You can ask anybody that I work with on a regular basis. I'll be like, headache, I did not invite you to my day. You are not welcome here, and I tell you to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, oh, anger, what are you doing here? Frustration, you can't have my mind. Recall the goodness of the Lord. Recall the love of God and get right with him. Come on, we have the power to step into the spirit, look at our soul and be like, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, how long will I wrestle with you? You know, and so he's saying, I, you, oh, oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. So he's reminding himself of the declaration that he's made. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. Come on, some of us just need to say that on a regular. You, you are my Lord. Nope, 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 not him. You are my Lord. Nope, 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 not that. You are, nope, not my education. Nope, you are my, nope, 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 not my business. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. I have no goodness. I don't even know goodness. I don't know love. I know nothing good outside from you because you are the essence of goodness. Now, I'm going to step inside to this hula hoop, and I want you to visualize that this is me. This is who I am. It's my design. It's my personality. It's what makes me tick. It's what ticks me off. It's my opinion. It's my desires. It's my dreams. This is me. And when I'm standing inside of here, and I'm cultivating me and my relationship with the Lord like this, Man, I'm just happy, and I'm cultivating it. Now, I'm going to read on. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Now, we're talking about the kinds of people I hang out with. I hang out with excellent saints. They are in my inner circle. And then it goes on, it says, Their sorrows, uh, uh, The sorrows of those shall be multiplied who hasten after other gods. I will not take up their names upon my lips, and I will not drink up their drink offerings of blood. So I will not have unhealthy relationships in my circle. Excellent saints. Okay? It goes on and it says, O Lord, you, listen to me, you are the portion of my inheritance. Where am I standing? This is me. This is my inheritance. This is my DNA. This is who I am in Christ. This is my design. This is who God has called me to be. It includes my purpose. It includes my passion. It includes my dream. It includes my path. It includes my destiny. It includes my journey. This is me. And God, you, you, come on, not her, not him, not that, not them. You, God, are my portion. You fill up my cup. 
You are the portion of my inheritance and my cup, and you, God, maintain my lot. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment about borders and boundaries. Everywhere in this room, any place we go, we see borders and boundaries around everything. Why? Because it tells us where something stops and where something else starts. If I were to be an actual lot, like my, I have a three-acre lot, and I know where my lot ends and where my neighbors begins because we have a line, which we call a fence, a border, a boundary that says this ends your lot and this starts his lot. But how many of you know we spend a lot of time jumping into other lots? I got to go help Susie. I got to go, I'm a good Christian, I'm wearing myself out, I'm working in the nursery, and I'm jumping in this hoop, and I'm jumping in that hoop. And I love to ask my clients when they're tired and telling me all the things they're doing. Two things we've got going on. Number one, you have jumped, inserted yourself into somebody else's life. Women, oftentimes, it's not invited. Because we love drama, so I'm going to go to my neighbor's house because I need to get me some drama. And I'm gonna... But the problem with this is, is who's in our hoop? Who's maintaining our lot? Who's taking care of us? Who's making sure that my weeds are not unkept? Who's, who's tending to my garden? Ain't nobody in there. You want to know why? Because I'm in everybody else's lot. In the name of Jesus, taking care of their things. And this passage is reminding us that I have a good inheritance, but it's found inside of my own hoop. It's found in my own design. It's not found in my friend's design. It's not found in my education. It's not found in my marriage. Come on. It's found in my design. I like to tell people all the time, look, Brad and I sleep in the same bed, but we each have our own pillows. We have our own thoughts. We have our own thinks, and we have our own opinions. Just let that set for a minute. Because religion will tell us otherwise. Religion will say your husband's opinion is your opinion. You don't get an opinion. Whatever he thinks says, it goes. And that's crap. You're welcome. It goes on and it says, the lines, listen to this, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. You know what that tells me? Boundaries are good. They're pleasant. They fall in pleasant places. Yes, oh yes, I have a good inheritance. Are we content? standing in our own hoop, or I didn't need somebody else's hoop to make me feel satisfied. I have, you maintain my lot. The boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord, for it is he who has given me counsel. Who? Come on, this all still goes back to last night. I received the counsel of the Lord. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Is the scripture actually telling us that there's something good in our heart? Because that's false theology too. When people are like, the heart is deceitfully wicked, who can know it? I'm like, read it in context. No. He turned our stony heart into a fleshy heart. And the heart is where the spirit abides. It's where the God seed, your purpose, what makes you tick, what takes you off, what you're passionate about, what gets you up out of your bed is in your heart. That's why he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart heart. That's why he says, above all else, guard your heart, because out of it comes the wellspring of life, right? The idea we guard something, we lock something up that we treasure. And a lot of us aren't willing to set up borders, boundaries, 
in our life because we don't treasure the lot. We don't treasure our heart. We don't treasure our path. We don't treasure our own journey. We don't treasure our own design. We're not in love with us. He goes back on here and he says, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Because he is at my right, I shall not be moved. We talked earlier about not having your mind change, not changing, not flowing with the room. No, God is at my right hand. He has told me he has a path. Come on, some of us are so easily moved. Some of you got a prophetic word two hours ago and the enemy's already trying to move you away from it. Some of you text a friend. They didn't respond the way you wanted them to. Maybe it was your husband. Maybe it was your wife. They ain't here. They didn't get the word. Don't ask them for confirmation. Ask the Lord to confirm it. Because when the Lord is at your right hand, you won't be moved. But I need, I need Pastor Gary to confirm for me. No, I don't. It's great if he does, but that's just icing on the cake. The meat in the cake is that the Lord is at my right hand, and therefore I shall not be moved. I am confident in this. Why? Because I've been in my lot, and I've been cultivating my love relationship with the Lord, and I'm getting a fresh revelation of how amazing I am and the path that God has for me and the dreams that he's given to me. And man, you should see me in the Spirit. I am 17 feet tall, and I can slay Goliath. Come on. Some of us need to get a gander of what we look like in the spirit because you would be shocked, but we shouldn't be shocked. It should be normal. It should be our normal. I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, everybody say therefore. My heart is glad. I'm over here. I'm not very glad. Mama ain't happy. You know why? Because mama's tired. Because mama doesn't know how to set boundaries in her life. She doesn't know how to tell her children no. She didn't know how to tell her husband no. She didn't know how to tell her mom no. She didn't know how to tell her sister no. She didn't know how to tell her friends no. She didn't know how to tell the nursery no, the church no. She doesn't know how to say no in her life. She hasn't set borders, boundaries in her life, and she ain't happy. Her heart ain't glad. You want to know why? Because she's not in her hoop. We got to get in her hoop. We got to get in our hoop. My heart is glad and my glory. Come on, Kenneth. My glory also. The person of God is rejoicing in me. There's a boasting, there's a bursting. When you take a look at Jesus, when he turns himself inside out and says, let me show you the glory, the transformation of Christ. Can you imagine that? But God says that is what you carry. And when the glory rejoices, I think it's a moment where you feel yourself turn inside out and you say, look at what I carry. Look at the power that God has placed within me. Look at the confidence that I have. Look at the boldness that I get to walk in. Look at the joy that's overflowing. Look at the, all the things, the goodness of the all the fruit of the Spirit. Look at this, a treasure. Yes, look at this. We should be like Mary Poppins. I don't know why it just came into my head, but I'm going to go with it. You know, she's like with this little bag. But man, she's pulling out a hat rack. And she's pulling, I mean, anything, she's just pulling it out. And that's like a supernatural picture. I've never said this before. It's like a supernatural picture that we're this teeny tiny flesh, but inside of us is a big, giant hat rack. Come on, it's whatever you need for the season and for the time where you go, hang on, I think God's got something for that. Oh, here it is, healing, healing. We can do healing. I don't have to have the gift of healing to flow in healing. You understand that? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, deliverance. God, we got, oh, wait, 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 you did pray. Joy, joy, joy. I'm going to pull out some joy. I'm going to pull some joy out of my bag. Come on, we, got, we don't need to let the vessel define the contents. 
Come on, Mary Poppins' bag was this big. Y'all, she's pulling out objects. Like, crazy. like the vessel did not define, she was not held back by the size of the vessel. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's like, I'm tired of this vessel holding me back. Hang on, guys. I just got to let some of this out for a moment. He probably was like, that felt so good. It was probably like, I was going to say go on poop after about 10 days of being constipated, but we'll cut that part out of the video too. It happens. There's just things you just can't bring back. And there are some things that are too good to hold back, so... Then he goes on and he says, my flesh also will rest. How many of you know if you don't have healthy boundaries in your life you won't, and, and you're not doing well, you're not setting boundaries, you're not going to feel well? You'll, you'll get tired. You'll get fatigued. It's exhausting. In 2015, I tell this story in my book, I struggled with adrenal fatigue. My hair was falling out in clumps. My nails were nothing. My body hurt so bad I had no idea what was wrong with me. I had stepped into ministry. The ministry was growing faster than I could keep up with. And, and during that season, I went to a, a doctor and they said, you're going through adrenal fatigue and you're going to have to start setting some healthy physical boundaries for your life. Starting with some of these things, you need to go to bed at 10 o'clock, you need to sleep from 10 to 4. Those are crucial times for restoration for your adrenal system, right? Every day for 30 minutes, you need to close your eyes. You need to shut everything down. Shut. Do you know how difficult that is for me? It is very difficult for me. And, and, and I would go to them and be like, oh, the Lord's going to heal you. The Lord said, I ain't going to heal you. I can heal you. I can wave my hand over you, but you need to dip seven times in the Jordan River. If you don't know that story, look it up. He basically said, I could heal you, but there are bigger things I want to teach you in this season. And the biggest thing he taught me was this verse. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, meaning the anointing is subject to the glory. So when I was coming into the wave, we would go to Cincinnati, man, and people, hundreds of people would come to these house meetings. And they'd be lined up at the door, and it'd be 12, 1 o'clock, and I'm exhausted. But ministry demands my time, and the anointing is still upon me. And if God hasn't left, then I must keep grinding at the... And the Lord said, no. I've given you the wisdom, the knowledge, and the authority to state at this time we're done. Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. See, the glory, the character, come on, get my book. The glory, the character of God is the parent, and the anointing is the child. But a lot of times we let the child run the show. And then we get crazy Pentecostal. Sorry, I don't mean to bash. Sometimes we get crazy other stuff too. Sorry. So sorry. Uh, that came out. That came out. And, so, and we get crazy stuff, right? Because, and then we say, the spirit made me do it. I couldn't help, oh yeah, the spirit may, not if the pastor of the house didn't give you the authority, he didn't. Listen, I can go minister in a Baptist church all day long, and I do. I'm not going to speak in a tongue in a Baptist church. Because God's not going to honor when I usurp authority. He honors honor and respect. And he honors when I honor authority. And if I don't have the authority to flow in that manner in a church, then I'm not going to, and listen, who am I to think that God's not going to be able to work? Come on. He ain't that small. If he can work in King Cyrus, he can work in a Baptist church. So you know what? The more I submit myself, whether I agree with it or disagree with it, I'm going to unify so that the blessings of the Lord can be released in that house. It goes on and it says, my flesh will also rest in hope. So we're talking about 
the physical, the physical energy, the physical healing that comes from preserving your lot, from maintaining your lot, the physical health and wellness that comes back to you. Goes on and says, you will show me the path of life. I don't know where I'm going. Oh, maybe I'll go over here. Maybe I'll go with my friends. I don't know where I'm going. Oh, this looks shiny over here. I just don't feel like I have a path. I don't. And these are all real feelings. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to d- diminish or make fun of, or I am kind of making fun of it. Because it's, I'm, I have been there, right? He's like, Gary's like, come on, let's be honest. You're kind of mo- mocking right now. But, but the point is, is your path of life isn't found around you, guys. It's found inside of you. It's found within you. Your path of life, and, and here's, the, here's the bigger picture. Your path of life isn't a thing. It's a being. It's not a doing. Your path of life isn't a, do whatever you want because angels of goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The path of God isn't the right path. It's who you are while you're on the path. Pick a path. I don't care. Pick a path. Because if you are who you're you're supposed to be while you're on the path, angels of goodness and mercy are going to follow me. I can pick this path, and I guarantee you angels of goodness and mercy are going to follow me. You want to know why? Because I am committed to walking in the character of Christ no matter what path I walk in. Just pick a path. Relax. Pick a path. It's not about the path. It's about who you are while you're on the path. It's about who you are while you're on the path. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. How many people need joy in this room? Good news, you already have it. It's already done. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Our pleasures forevermore. So I, you guys can come back up, and we'll, we'll, we'll just pick it right back. Yeah, yeah, come on, let's do it. So I want you to remember these things. Soul care is super important. Soul care is super important. I don't want to beat, beat a dead horse. We've talked a lot this week about the importance of reconciliation. And as you guys come up, if you would just play, thank you, if you would play instrumentally at first, because um, I'm going to try and hear from the Lord. I'm going to try and hear from I am going to hear from the Lord. I'm going to declare that. And I want to do a couple more demonstrations um, because I think that's how we learn best. How do I reconcile things? And I want to do that by demonstration. For those of you who have come to my house meetings, you get to see me do this a lot. If you haven't been to my house meetings, I have one coming up October 7th in Cedar Hill. Get the information from Liz. Um, but, but I believe that we learn best by demonstration. And I believe that's also a biblical principle. When Jesus had his disciples with him in, in Mark chapter 3, he says, follow me. In, in 4, he gives them a district. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like this. It's like, he gives them a teaching. But then he says in Mark chapter 5, um, now here's what it looks like. And he demonstrates the fullness of the kingdom through the deliverance of the legion of demon, the healing of the woman with the issue of blood, and the resurrection, the restoration. The full gospel is demonstrated in one chapter, not just talked about, not taught, not information, but it's demonstrated. But the beauty then is in Mark chapter 6, he says, now you go and do it. Do you know how much it blessed my heart to watch, I almost said her, to watch you do it? Because you've been watching me do it. I'm like, oh, she's doing it. Now we, this is a biblical pattern, right? Where in Mark chapter 3, he says, come, follow me. Then they learn by watching and hearing, and then they learn by doing. They learn by doing. 
And so I think it's super important that we leave some time and some space because that's, that's my jam, is by teaching, by demonstration, and watching people um, get healed. So I'm just going to set an atmosphere, and I am going to leave my mic on. You're welcome. <clears throat> And I know, I, I know that um, a lot of you have received a lot of ministry directly from the Lord this weekend. Some of you have received ministry from me, from the pastors. Some of you have received ministry from the prophets. But remember, uh, the kingdom of heaven isn't like you have to pick one or two pieces of candy. You get to have all the candy. So there, there's no shame. There's no, you're encouraged to be like, hit me again, hit me again, hit me again. So whatever it is you're thinking you need, this is where I say to people, like, I need, I need a volunteer. Anybody, come on up, Cassie. You got me on? There we go. See, I even double-checked. Because I am a good student. Now, I know Cassie, and I only tell you that because, you know, sometimes... To give a prophetic word over somebody you know, it can be difficult, right? Because you know a lot about, that doesn't mean I can't minister to her. It doesn't mean I'm not going to hear prophetically specific words that God has in mind for her. And so, Father, I just speak over you. When I spoke earlier in James chapter 1, where it talks about any man who lacks wisdom, I'm just holding her up now. That's okay. Any man who lacks wisdom, he can ask God and he will give it to him generously. I speak this promise over you. And I remind you that wisdom isn't found around you. Wisdom is found within you. And I lose the trust to trust the voice of God in you, to trust the knowledge of his word. You have an understanding, but you're not trusting God. But Cassie, you're not trusting you. You're not trusting you. So Father, I thank you that your word is true. And if you say it, we believe it. That you say, God, if we ask for wisdom, it shall be given generously to all without finding fault. And then he goes on and he says, this man, if you don't ask God that you're double-minded and you're unstable in all of your ways, you're like the winds being tossed back, right? Like our emotions will toss, I literally am holding her up. It's like the wind or the emotion, your emotions will toss you back and forth. Why? Because we're looking for wisdom everywhere except for the presence of God. Read the, read the whole, everybody write down James chapter one, put a note, go back and read it. Don't believe what I'm telling you. Go check it out for yourself, Right? So, Father, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for that wisdom and that confidence in her, confidence in you, Cassie. And listen to me, Cassie. Hear me. If you mess it up, God will fix it. God will fix it. In fact, I'm going to say this. You will mess it up. You will mess it up. I've messed it up. Liz is messing. You're going to mess it up. But it's okay because God's going to fix it. God already fixed it on the cross. Come on, you guys. Perfectionism is a mirage. Even Paul said, it's not that I've already maintained perfection, but that I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So it's not about perfection. It's about getting up even when you're not perfect. It's about pressing on in the lack of perfection. That's hard. You know, the enemy wants to be like, that wasn't perfect, so you should quit. That wasn't right, so you should be discouraged. That didn't happen right, so you should be faint-hearted. But Paul says it's not about perfection. It's about pressing on despite imperfection. Come on, that's a good word. You can borrow that. 
because it wasn't mine, it was the Lord's. It is open for you to use. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Sometimes I ask people if they want anything specific. Sometimes I just get after it. All right. So, Father, I just come before you in the name of Jesus, and I just speak over my sister, God, just a continual healing of the kingdom from the top of her head all the way down to the tips of her toes. Take authority over pain in your physical body. Take authority over pain in your heart. And I call forth the Lord to just begin to heal your heart by his oil of anointing in the form of his love. Just a reminder of how passionate he is for you how passionate he is for you. Now I'm just letting her reconcile that. So I was telling somebody uh, a couple, I don't know, somebody sometime. um, I think it was you, Pastor. We were talking about sometimes, you know, some people are like, "Why why don't I fall out? Why don't I fall out? Why don't I fall out? And I'm like, look, there's a partnership here. So if you're waiting for the Lord to go under your feet and flip you up like that, He does sometimes do that, I won't lie. Um, But more often than not, there's an invitation to say, hey, would you like to sit in my presence? Hey, would you like to be touched by me? Hey, would you believe me on faith that I want to marinate you, saturate this word on you? There's a partnership there, right? I remember the first time I ever fell out, I was like trying to, and he really did, was like, because he knew that's what I was going to take for me. Because I was like, no, I'm a Baptist. No, I'm a Baptist. And I was like, and we don't believe in this, and this stuff is crap, you know? And the Lord was like, really? Boom! And then I, like, immediately opened my eyes and went to sit up, and he was like, nope. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am, like, pinned to the floor. It was great. Let me tell you what happened in that moment. And I think it was probably 2011. It was probably right after he entered my life, of course. It's probably maybe 2011, 2012, and I go to Illinois, and I'm like intrigued by this healing room. I go in there, and the lady's like, "Woo! I feel the anointing all over you. I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, I feel like we're supposed to impart the gift of healing into you. So I'm like, cool, whatever. At this point, I'm so curious. I'm down for anything. Also a seven on the Enneagram. I like risks. So I take my jacket off, and I stand there. And I kid you not, you guys, I'm like so deep in it, my gum falls out of my mouth. Like hits the floor. And I'm tickled, like, in my natural mind. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like, there's this heaviness coming. I feel the heaviness coming on me right now. I'm like, hang on, let me sit down and tell this story. There was such a heaviness that came on me. You'll think I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'm like, I feel like I need to lay down. Um, There was such a heaviness that came on me. And then when my gum fell out of my mouth, I remember kind of, like, my natural mind. Because, you know, you're not, like, deaf and dumb when you're slain spirit you can still you you know you can still you can still have a little wherewithal there and I were kind of ticking I was like huh, like that and when I went huh, I fell fell back and I don't I don't think anybody caught me I have no idea I don't care but as I laid there I did I immediately like I opened up my eyes and I was like ooh, I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna get up I couldn't get up and then this peace came upon me and I decided to just let the Holy Spirit have his way with me and I kid you not when I tell you this, this, this is when the Lord taught me how to minister inner healing. Hear me. In my mind, over here, something would come and it would spin and it would present itself. And I began to see those people, those circumstances, 
those moments in my life differently. And I, in my mind, would say, I forgive you. I release that. I break that message off. And as soon as I would come into an agreement with the way God was showing me what I was seeing, that thing would spin off and it would go that way. And here would come another one. And I laid there for 37 minutes. And then I finally came to, and I remember kind of opened up my eyes and everybody was just standing there staring at me. And I had two of my Baptist friends with me, by the way. And they were staring. And again, I tried to get up. And the Lord was like, I'm not done. And again, I go back under, and I see this final image coming from here. And it was me. And the Lord said, no, we need to deal with you. And there are things you have held yourself hostage to, and there's anger that you have for yourself. There's regret in your life. You have rejected what I have designed. And we're not getting up until we reconcile this. And it took me, it felt like forever because I wrestled. I remember I started bouncing on the ground, all the things. I was probably going through, I didn't know it then, thank God. But I now know I was like, I was going through deliverance. I was bouncing on the ground, you know. And I was wrestling with the Lord because I thought I knew me better than God knows me. I said, God, your judgment isn't good enough. I have to judge myself. Your blood isn't strong enough. I have to hold myself hostage to these things. Things that nobody knows about. But God sees them all. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care. There's so much freedom in that space. And so off I went to the left side of my mind. As I got freedom and I immediately sat up. And my life has never been the same it's never been the same that's reconciliation that's self-reconciliation 